0: blog talk radio good morning everyone welcome to the faces of tbi podcast series the number one podcast for brain injury and concussion resources i am amy zellmer founder of faces of tbi.com and your host today i will be chatting with musician billy mclaughlin about his journey with focal dystonia This episode is brought to you by Integrated Brain Centers. Located in Denver, Colorado, Drs. Shane Stedman and Perry Maynard are experts in functional neurology and treat complex concussion cases from around the country. With over 20 years of combined experience, they are leaders in helping patients who are suffering from post-concussion symptoms, including dizziness, vertigo, headaches, and more. For your free consultation, you can find them online at integratedbraincenters.com. Hello, I am Amy Zellmer, and you're listening to Faces of TBI, a podcast series for survivors, by survivors, raising awareness about traumatic brain injury, one podcast at a time. Those of you who might not know who I am, I am a TBI survivor from a fall on the ice in February of 2014. I am a frequent contributor to the Huffington Post, Thrive Global, and the Goodman Project, and I am author of Life with a Traumatic Brain Injury, Finding the Road Back to Normal, available on Amazon. Additionally, I'm am editor-in-chief of the Brain Health Magazine, and you can get your free digital subscription at thebrainhealthmagazine.com. I want to invite you all to save the date for March 16th, my virtual Brain Injury Awareness Day event. You can register for free at facesoftbi.com slash event. You can also learn more about me and the podcast at facesoftbi.com. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Amy Zelmer. I invite you also to join my private Facebook group, Amy's TBI Tribe, to connect with other survivors, caregivers, and loved ones. Today, my guest is Billy McLaughlin, and he is recognized internationally as a world-class guitarist, Emmy Award-winning composer, and inspirational keynote speaker, who has appeared on Billboard's Top 10 chart. He was previously signed to Virgin Records. McLaughlin has four CD releases, three National Campus Entertainer of the Year awards, five Minnesota Music Awards, and his decades of national concert touring earned him the Hall of Fame Achievement Award. But in 1999, he vanished from sight as his career crumbled due to a little-known neuromuscular disorder called focal dystonia. After suffering several years without a cure or even a diagnosis, this right-handed guitarist embarked on an unlikely attempt to regain his career by lear- relearning his instrument left-handed. His remarkable comeback is in the KPBS-produced 2013 Emmy Award-winning live concert program called Starry Night, Bill McLaughlin with Orchestra Nova, highlighting his extraordinary talent as both guitarist and international speaker. He is now serving as ambassador for awareness for the Dystonia Medical Research Foundation, and he is the winner of the 2010 Public Leadership in Neurology Award, whose previous winners include Paul Allen, Julie Andrews, Leanne Fleischer, and Michael J. Fox. So, such an honor to have you here today, Billy. Thank you for taking the time to be here and share with my listeners today.
1: I'm happy to do so, Amy, and thank you for the great work that you're doing to represent a community that needs as much help as we can get.
0: Yeah, yeah, thank you. Yeah, I appreciate that. So, Billy, I think I would like to start by having you just give our listeners um, some more information on what is Focal dystonia. Um, I have a feeling a lot of people might not have heard that term before.
1: Right. Well, focal dystonia is a subset of a larger uh, kind of an umbrella term of dystonia, um, which has many different forms. There can be people who have this problem throughout their entire body, and that's called generalized dystonia. And we, mm-hmm. we do have the Dystonia Medical Research Foundation has pioneered the genetic testing of folks that find themselves sometimes misdiagnosed as having cerebral palsy when the mm-hmm. truth is they mm-hmm. have dystonia. Now, <clears throat> the other forms that are very common, um, one of them is called spasmodic torticollis also known as cervical dystonia. And when you meet someone, if you meet a person who has a hard time um, keeping their head up straight or keeping their head from twisting, that's a very painful form of dystonia in the neck muscles. Um, You can get dystonia in your vocal cords. You can get dystonia in your your eyelids and, and you can't control how often you're blinking musicians and people that have high dexterity hand uh, demands uh, it's it's manifested uh, in, in the fingers now the most common form of focal dystonia and focal meaning it's only in one part of your body okay it's not like the generalized where your legs are twisted and your trunk is twisted my dystonia is is, is confined <clears throat> to my hand and uh it it's uh it's really not well understood and in fact many doctors have never even heard the term dystonia. <laughs> Right. So part of my my work and part of my challenge, when I started to notice that I was having trouble playing my music correctly, um, part of the challenge was I would go to the hand. You know, if you have a problem in your hand, where do you go? You go to a hand doctor. Sure. And I I went to hand doctor after hand doctor. They said, we can't find anything wrong. We think it might be psychological. And it's a sad truth that many people with dystonia um, are given, like, a, we think it's it's in your head. Well, the truth is, it is in your head. So <laughs> Literally. Very, very <laughs> well, and it's very, very interesting. The problem, Amy, is, is manifested in my fingers. Uh, but the trouble, the, I'll say it a different way. The trouble is in my fingers, but the problem is actually in my brain. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: it's the inability of my brain to talk to my fingers individually. Um, So if I go to type, um, my affected hand, I can really only use my thumb and index finger because the other fingers curl up. And if you can imagine... <clears throat> trying to be a, a competitive guitar player, which who who would ever want to do that? Because that's a tough way to make a living. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but if you're going to be a competitive uh, musician, you need all your fingers working properly, yeah. and that means that they have to talk back and forth with your brain properly. And mine don't,
0: Billy. I'm curious, do they feel, you know, did they ever suggest that this came as a result of having had a traumatic brain injury? Was that ever something that was talked about or do you even know if you've ever had a traumatic brain injury?
1: Well, I remember uh, being in a car crash as a high school kid, but but all Mm -hmm. of my, development of my technical skills happened after that. Could it be delayed? Certainly. And people with traumatic brain injury oftentimes do develop dystonia as a result of that brain injury. And so for a person to have a biking accident and a few weeks later they Their head is pulling over to one side or uh, they experience it in a different way. So TBI and and dystonia, very much like Parkinson's and dystonia, have a very, um, there's a relationship there. We don't really understand all of the intricate um, connections between it. But oftentimes, a dystonia will um, manifest perhaps a month, perhaps six months after some kind of a injury, either to part of the body. So let's remember this, too. the Our neural system that all goes back to the brain, you know, when you talk about neurology, you're talking about, the nerves that go all the way to your pinky toes (laughs) Mm -hmm. pinky fingers and it's all part of one system. And when, when something goes wrong somewhere, it can oftentimes be just an incredible challenge to um, number one, come, come to grips with, especially when the doctors are saying there's nothing wrong with you. Which make, makes you think what? That you're going crazy. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yep. I hear <laughs> you <was> there.
1: <laughs> yep. That was tough for three years to have doctors say, we don't really see anything wrong. You must be uh, needing some sort of therapy. <laughs> and I was like, no, I'm a, I'm a, you know, a fully trained professional at what I do. And I know that there's something wrong. So
0: seeking out. You know, Billy.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I was just going to say that's such an incredible point that you know, your body best and if doctors are still telling you, "Mm, no, there's nothing wrong. It's just in your head. You know, your body best, you know, you're not crazy. Um, And so don't give up on that quest to find out you got to keep digging like you did. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And dystonia,
1: because again, well, number one, it kind of sounds like a country somewhere. You know? and, <laughs> it does. <laughs> but, but number two, wasn't a big part of med school curriculum until the, the Dystonia Medical Research Foundation and the Dystonia community have really helped push, as, as I'm sure the TDI community has helped push the study and the recognition. So at a clinical level. You, you know, which is typically a clinician is looking at symptoms and trying to tell you what's wrong with you, right? They're not a specialist. But if they've never heard of TBI or if they've never heard of dystonia, they don't know what to tell you from a clinical level because they haven't, mm-hmm. it either wasn't part of their curriculum. Um, but it, it has, we, we've we made great strides in the last um, 20 years that I've been involved with the dystonia community, it's not perfect. There's still people that uh, are suffering um, from these two conditions, and, and the person they go to, maybe their family doctor, really doesn't know what TBI is or really doesn't know what dystonia is. And so then the, the diagnosis gets delayed and that can be a painful time in your life.
0: Hmm. Yeah. And, you know, since I've been in the TBI world, you know, my accident was in 2014, but it wasn't until oh. 2015 when I really started meeting other survivors. Um, but in that time, I have met so many that have had some form of dystonia. Um, And it's, I I have to admit, I never heard of it before, you know, being in this world. And um, for some of them, they had actually been struggling with it before their TBI and then others it presented after their TBI. Um, And, you know, I mean, with TBI alone, like take dystonia out of that, like, that's already a very muddy muddy river to navigate. Right. And then you throw in this other condition on top of it and it leaves doctors scratching their heads. Well,
1: let's, let's all admit, you know, uh, that the brain is the greatest supercomputer that ever worked or that ever was invented that, that, that can do so many things and give people so many talents and abilities and one of the dystonia doctors um, who participated in a documentary that I did, he 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 asked the general public to consider. You know, when you boot up your computer and everything is fine, um, but what if you when you boot up the computer, <clears throat> there's a program or two that are corrupted. Like the computer still mm-hmm. kind of does, yep. does most of what it's supposed to do but there's a few things that now it it doesn't do and that that might be a good way for some people to think about this
0: yeah I use the computer analogy all the time, like with my cognitive really? processing. Yes, it's like it's like when your computer has way too many tabs open, so none of them can run efficiently. But if you start closing <laughs> right. them all down, then they start working better, right? Like our brain I'm, is the same thing.
1: <laughs> I, Amy, I'm so guilty of that. I always forget to close out my tabs, and so yeah, all of a sudden <laughs> your computer is going really slow. <laughs> <Yep. small. laughs> And you're like, duh. You know, but, but, but see, there, there's an easy fix for that in a way um, on the computer, but it becomes more complicated trying to get people's bodies to, to adapt, adjust. Um, I think uh, for me, dystonia was a, was a progressive, like by the time I got the guts up, Because I always thought if if you went to the neurologist that you were immediately going to die of a tumor in the brain or something.
0: (laughs) Sure, sure.
1: I didn't want to have an MRI. I didn't want to have any of that. I was afraid because I know, and I think we all know that procedures for the brain, um, maybe unlike fixing a broken leg, those are tricky procedures, and we're still, you know, a couple hundred years from now. I think they'll look back and say, "Wow, you guys didn't really understand too much, did you?" <laughs> you know, even though we understand a lot more than we did a hundred yeah. years ago. But that that process of of getting great neurologists and the first neurologist I went to actually was at uh, uh, Sister Kenny at Mm -hmm. Avenue Western and she was very familiar with it to the point that it took her five seconds flat to solve the mystery that I'd been living with for three years about why I couldn't play my music and why I was losing my career and why, you know, my family was suffering. I was suffering. It's uh. It's musicians typically maintain their skill set to be gainfully employed well into their 70s, often into right. the 80s. And here I was 36, 37 when this thing started um, and I had no explanation. It was just a frustrating mystery. And, and that is interesting to me, too, to, to hear that that's not uncommon with, within TBI, like you have mm-hmm. to kind of dig, like, did you, were you in a car crash, you know, 10 years? Like who knows when the symptoms and when they mm-hmm. are going to manage that. Yep. And and then tying yep. and it I, back and I'm sorry, go.
0: Go ahead. Nope. I'll, I'll let you finish that. Well, thought.
1: I'm just saying too, that p- part of the problem is, you know, within trying to get insurance coverage and everything for, Something that's going wrong now, from something that happened to you years ago. Mm, yeah. Are you kidding me? You think you know? The insurance companies are pretty tough to work with. For I'm sure for TBI and for dystonia, um, because they don't really they don't really understand it. Maybe some of those people still think it's psychological, which we know it's not. Purely neurological function, but um, that's that's another challenge that that uh, our our communities um, are up against. Yeah,
0: yeah, and you know, and you brought up a point about you know someone had a car accident ten years ago. Um, I have friends who you know have followed me on social media and whatnot, and once I started posting about my brain injury journey and the symptoms and everything I was dealing with, they finally made the connection to, like you said, a car accident 10 years ago or something that happened as a child, like they got hit by a car, you know, on a bike um, and nobody had ever told them they had a brain injury and they made the connection through, you know, whatever advocacy I've been doing. But, you know, 20 years ago, 20 years ago it's not that long ago right like they just didn't know what they know today and so I'm hopeful that 20 years from today we'll know a ton more you know exponentially more about the brain by that point too um so it is it's like it's frustrating like I meet people like in in today in twenty 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 one 2021 who have been in a car accident, and I'll be like, "Did they mention anything about concussion, brain injury?" And they're like, "No," and I'm like, right. "Okay, we'll watch for this, this, and this." Like they're not
1: even being hey, told. I I know you're interviewing me, but can I ask you one question? And I want to ask <laughs> sure. this the community that listens: What about the athletes? Mm-hmm. The athletes yep. that 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 now it's very clear. And I'm sure you've had athletes, or I would think you've had athletes on this podcast before. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And then because it's a voluntary activity, it's like it doesn't – that doesn't take away my compassion for those people that suffer those injuries, right? Um, but, but in some people's minds, I guess they go, well, if you're going to be a boxer or a football player – You know, good luck, dude. Of course, your brain's going to get messed up. But it's more complicated than that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, and I think the athletes we're meeting today, they started Mm -hmm. playing 20 years ago, 15 years ago. Mm -hmm. They didn't know the risks. Today, we know the risks better. And I'm hopeful that, you know, there's there's been protocols put into place, and I'm sure more will be put into place as we go forward. But I'm hopeful that people playing sports today won't have to suffer the same way. Um, you know, like like even NASCAR, I, I, my dad's a huge NASCAR fan, and um, Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s book, uh, he talks about his concussion. And just and having people of that caliber talking about it, Mm-hmm. and how he mm-hmm. retired cuz he he's like mm-hmm. nope not worth it this is my brain um mm-hmm. and Ben utech NFL player same thing you know and so Wonderful i think that awareness singer, you, by the way. <laughs> what was that oh ben. yes great singer yeah, yes I know ben. and he's, he's local to us as well <laughs> yep
1: good i'm glad you've had him on he's a good spokesperson
0: Yeah. So Billy, tell us a little more about, okay, so now you finally got a diagnosis, which is amazing. You know, you found the right neurologist at the right time. Um, So you finally got a diagnosis. So what was the treatment plan or were you given any options at that point?
1: Well, honestly, Amy, I read up on, everything I could find on dystonia online, and I, I said, no way do I have that. No way. <laughs> you know, like I went into denial. You were in denial. The first thing, <laughs> well, the first thing that I did was I went to, to Mayo then, and after a whole day workup, they said, uh, hello, Billy, your neurologist nailed this. You have classic textbook focal dystonia and that i i think I think what that the importance of getting a diagnosis and having it um uh, maybe affirmed confirmed reconfirmed is it was an important step for me because it had been such a mystery um and I'd never heard of it before um so uh i guess for me my next step was to look for that community and to try to share yeah. to get the you know maybe not technical there 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 really isn't um so the things that they do for somebody like me who's got muscle contractions that are over reactive um they use botox and honestly, before Botox became a cosmolo- cosmetological mm-hmm. treatment, which wrinkles are honestly kind of a form of dystonia because if you can relax those muscles by putting mm. a little shot of Botox in yeah. there, that's how you get rid of It's deadening the the response to the brain signals that those muscles should squeeze. So I did, a, I did three rounds of Botox. I had to fly to the National Institutes of Health in Bethesda, Maryland, just outside Washington, D.C. I worked with the very best team out there, and and um, it didn't create uh, a therapeutic pathway for me. Like I, I knew this was not going to get better, and that. I could not compete as an artist at the level without doing something a little unusual, which was to turn my guitar backwards and start to learn again the other way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because see, vocal dystonias within musicians are very task specific. Like, other than typing, which I mentioned earlier, you know, I can use a comb. I can pick up a fork and a knife and a spoon and nothing looks wrong, <laughs> you know. But the minute I pick up that guitar and assume that certain posture, things go completely haywire. And, uh, you know, I being as involved as I am with the DeSilia board of directors and attending the science advisory committee meetings, you know, it, it was very clear that there wasn't any kind of pill that they're going to come up with, at least not right, soon, right. that would help you um, with this. And Botox wasn't really working. And a couple other uh, uh, couple other treatments that didn't sound attractive to me, like denervation where they go in and they snip the the nerves.
0: And I mm. thought, uh,
1: mm-hmm. I think I better look at another, like if I, it took a long time for me to get good on the guitar right-handed, but I thought to myself, well, what if I could get good at it left-handed? And again, that's not embracing you know finding a, a cure it's an adaptive approach to yeah. life and sometimes yeah, coping
0: mechanism right mm-hmm.
1: and sometimes yeah. you know what Being an adapting is better than an advil <laughs> yeah. yeah
0: i agree you know? i agree
1: mm-hmm. so boy we have a lot of common ground this is a good conversation
0: <laughs> yeah and you know those coping or adapting mechanisms um, they're important, you know, like for me, memory was it was very much impaired in the beginning and I had sticky notes everywhere. And I actually, this is a funny story. Um, I had written down a friend called and left a voicemail. And I was like, I just wrote down, call John. And the next Uh day I'm like, who the heck is John? John? Who? John? John? John. It, oh, no. oh, it took no. me like, and then finally I oh, looked at no. my voicemails and found it. But you know, yeah. it's just those things we take for granted. Like for you mm-hmm. using your hand, we take it for mm-hmm. granted. Like it's, it's, we don't think about it. It just works. Yeah. And then when it stops yeah. working, it's like, whoa! What do we do here? Um, So I think it's absolutely amazing that you were able to relearn and play left-handed. And honestly, like something like that has to be so good for your brain too, like building that neuroplasticity. Um, And like they say, learning a second language or a third language um, is really good too, for building, you know, uh, neuroplasticity. Um, Yeah. I just think it's so remarkable that that's, how you chose to overcome this, and have you had any further complications um, of your hand, or has it pretty much just stayed the same?
1: Well, it was progressive, that's for sure. And Dr. Janine Spear, at uh, and she's retired now, but at Sister Kenny, when she looked at it, she said, You know, it's not. We don't have any therapies for it, Billy, so what you could expect, and she was just being honest, what you can expect is that these symptoms certainly could get worse, and they did. And I could still type a few years ago, but it's its kind of invaded anything that I try to do that has individualized finger movements. So forget the piano. I mean, I can play the piano with one hand, you know, my, my healthy hand. Wow. So far, healthy. yeah. I'm hoping that this dystonia does not migrate. There's a there's a mm-hmm. huge likelihood that it will, but so far, I'm I'm kind of holding my own with that. But I'm 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 vigilant about it too.
0: Yeah. Well, that's a great attitude to have just in general. So um, we are just about out of time, Billy, and I would love to wrap up by asking you your just your final thoughts for our listeners today. Any, any parting words of wisdom for anyone listening? Uh, Don't be
1: afraid to seek out a specialist is one for me, for sure. You've Mm -hmm. got to be your own best advocate uh, for your health. Don't be afraid to adapt. Don't be afraid to uh, explain to people what's happening with you so they understand why there's so many sticky notes Um, and find community. (laughs) Find community. I'll never forget walking into a room for the first time with other people with varying types of dystonia. And I, I I just I just broke out in tears cuz I I had felt so alone and I don't think I don't think it's good for us to feel so isolated and and you think yeah. of uh gosh just the self-destructive things that happen when people are they don't have any hope but if we share our stories um I think we can make a difference for somebody, even just one person um, might connect with my guitar playing story or. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, Yeah. So I I think it's in my mind, it's a lot about sharing and, and you found a platform that I think is just fantastic. I feel super lucky to be on here uh, with Mm. you today uh, on the podcast with you and, and you giving me a chance to share my story. And in the end, I think that's what we need to do with each other. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Such, so many great tips there. I hope people go back and listen to that part again. And, you know, for me, it was a full year before I realized I wasn't alone. And when I finally met other brain injury survivors, and that was just, insanely powerful to know that I wasn't alone and that I'm not the only one struggling with this. So wonderful, wonderful parting thoughts for us, Billy. Um, And if anyone wants to learn more about you and your music, uh, they can visit your website, billymclaughlin.com, which I do have linked in the show notes. So anyone can click through to the show notes and check that out. Um, So just thank you so much for being here today, Billy. This has been a wonderful conversation. It's been great getting to know you today. Thanks
1: for inviting the dystonia community into the TBI community. Oh, absolutely. We sure we share a lot together and let, let's keep working together for for anything that we can do to make things better for
0: folks oh thank you thank you thank you and thank you everyone for listening i really hope you have enjoyed today's episode and just again you can click through in the show notes to find billy's website and um, find out more about him and his music and just another big thank you to our episode sponsor, Integrated Brain Centers. You can find them online at integratedbraincenters.com. And you can always find previous podcast episodes on most streaming platforms, such as iTunes, or directly at basesoftbi.com. And follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Amy zalmer And also don't forget to join Amy's TBI Tribe on Facebook to connect with a community of caregivers, survivors, and loved ones. So thank you all for listening and thank you for being a part of my journey. Have a great day, everyone, and I'll see you in the next episode.